This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. I'm Jessica Knoll. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. The evidence is clear. If you go through the list of, of everything that was found there, this whatever happened was was very violent, and this is a community that has virtually no violent crime. There's a small town in Pennsylvania, about two hours north of Philadelphia, where pizza is a big deal. So big, in fact, they claim their hometown pizza is the best anywhere. They are the self-proclaimed pizza capital of the world. And as reporter Stacy Lang at WNEP in Scranton explains, pizza in Old Forge, Pennsylvania isn't like pizza anywhere else. They make their own kind of pizza, which is known throughout Pennsylvania as Old Forge-style pizza um, that was really originated um, almost around the turn of this 20th century when a lot of coal miners lived in the area and would go out for a beer after, um, after their day's work and they, the style of pizza is really easy to make on a baking sheet, so they could make a lot of them at once, and, and, and this is what the Italian immigrants would cook for the, the men as they came out of the mines. And it's a, it's a really doughy pizza that's usually um, crispy on the bottom and is actually made with American cheese. It's kind of an acquired taste. But this acquired taste is such a local favorite that if you drive down Old Forge's Main Street, you'll spot no less than 10 pizza places. All within maybe four or five blocks of one another. Um, And they are, you know, everyone has their favorite, but they all are a community. It was in this community, against this backdrop of an all-American town with its main street and famous pizza, that a tragedy took place a few years back. To this day, it's unsolved, a mystery. And this is a small town, so it's no surprise that rumors churn and people talk. Even the family of the victim in this story thinks they know who did it. It might even be walking the streets among them today. Bob Barron's pizza shop is locked today. It's been that way for over three years. But his family, his wife, and his kids still reminisce about the family business. All the work that went into producing superior pizza cuts. They don't call them slices in Old Forge. They talk about doing the dough. Uh, Stretching it out. Stretching it out. (laughs) Making sure the machine, right? I actually, I've never did the dough. Yeah, (laughs) you got to make sure those pans are greased. Yeah, I would do it sometimes on Thursday nights, (laughs) and so he didn't have to worry about doing it Friday. I'd grease the pans with them the night before, so they were done. And you cut, they cut it, have the dough in a big, big uh, tub. It would be in. It would come in, or they, and then they cut piece at a time off, weigh it, season it. Right, roll with them. We had a, they also had bought a sheeter years ago. And the Barons know their pizza going back a long time. The Barons and Bob Barron um, owned Gigarelli's Pizza, which is actually, you know, they claim to be the original creator of Old Fort style pizza. The Gigarelli family sold it to the Barron family, I think, sometime in the 70s. And Bob has always worked there. His, his dad was the original owner in his family. And his brother is also an owner. And all, he has three children, and all of them work there all of their lives. At the center of all this, there is Robert Barron, or Bob, as his family calls him. From what I know, he is, um, a, he was a really nice, um, really nice guy. He was a, a, such a integral part of, of that, the small pizza community. Just a hard worker, really simple guy. He, he was at the pizza shop, they said, by six o'clock every morning and was there when it closed every night. Uh, and just really used it to provide for his family. He had kind of a simple life. Um, all of the other pizza proprietors, I guess we could say, um, really admired him. And Bob Barron was just 
a nice guy, the kind of guy who would offer a seat inside his restaurant to someone down on their luck, maybe offer up a cut of his famous pizza and a place to watch a game on TV. Sometimes a little too nice and a little too forgiving to certain people. Um, And they think that that may have actually contributed to what happened here. But these days, stretching dough and cooking pizza are just memories. Ever since, the restaurant abruptly closed its doors on January 26, 2017, when Bob disappeared. Maria Barron remembers the last time she saw her husband, the night of January 25th, 2017. He left around 1025 that night, January 25th, and that was the last time I saw him. My son called me at uh, 9.05 on January 26th and said, Mom, do you know where Dad is? I said, well, what do you mean, where is Dad? It turns out running a pizza business in Old Forge meant early morning dough deliveries. So Bob would sometimes stay in a little room above the restaurant. That way he'd get a jump on working the dough the next morning. So when he says goodbye to Maria that night, everything seemed pretty normal. But that Saturday morning, there's no sign of Bob. And the door was locked, and the dough was was left out in the snow. It was a it was a pretty wintry day that day, and he he called his mom right away because he knew that his dad was supposed to have been there, and um, the dough wasn't picked up. Even when Maria gets that call from their son that Saturday morning, she isn't worried. Maybe Bob went to visit his aging mother. There had to be a simple explanation, because as you can imagine, Old Forge isn't the type of place where people just go missing. Well, I made light of it at first because I said, you know, we had property. He was there, maybe my husband. He was down his mother's who was bedridden. And he just kept saying, Dad is not here. Where's my father? Where's Dad, Mom? Did you see him? And I just said no. And I got dressed real quick because I was at home doing things. And I I did. I thought very lightly of it because I figured he was somewhere. He was at the apartments. He was at the home. And... um, I went right over to the restaurant, and there was a blanket in the restaurant, in the waiting room. And I said, why is there an afghan here? And there was, you know, my son had started the dough and everything because he brought it in and was starting as if it was going to be an ordinary day that Dad was returning. Eventually, Bob's brother-in-law shows up at the restaurant, and maybe at this point there's some mild concern, some unspoken fear starting to creep in. We talked about the blanket being there, and he thought maybe Bob was just using it, sitting down watching TV in the bar and putting it around his legs. And I said, nah, I don't think he ever did that. So I said, I'm going, uh, I checked the hospitals. I called all the local hospitals to see if maybe if something happened and there was nothing. So that's when I proceeded to say, I'm going to report him missing. And then Maria gets a phone call. It's from a neighbor next door to the restaurant. Out of the clear, I mean, he just said, um, is this Mrs. the Mrs. something he said to me. And I said, who am I speaking to, please? And he said, it's Elio next door and said that. I haven't seen your husband's car since I got back 11 o'clock last night, meaning the night before. Local and state police start showing up. The state police crime scene unit was called in as well as detectives from um, the DA's office for the county. And that was all within, I would say, within several hours that day on the 26th. All that day on January 26th, crime scene investigators move in and out of the restaurant, gathering evidence, and around town, people start hearing that Bob Barron's disappeared, a missing persons case. But then detectives reveal what they found inside. It's more than just a misplaced blanket. There was a significant amount of... Um, Bob's blood was spilled in the restaurant. It had mostly been cleaned up, um, but the cleaning agents were still around. 
Um, and they would come to find his tooth in a sink, in a, an industrial sink in the back of the restaurant. It's clear this isn't just a missing persons case, even if police aren't saying that yet. He wasn't just, you know, it, it wasn't like he drove his car into the ditch at late, late at night. They knew something that he was he was hurt if he was still alive. It did. It, it, it did definitely say, okay, told me, dad, dad is definitely not with us anymore. You know, because at first I had some hope. Stacy Lang's colleagues at WNEP in Scranton report on the new evidence. According to a search warrant, investigators found evidence in Barron's restaurant, Gigerelli's, by using a substance that finds traces of blood after it's been cleaned. A tooth was found in the sink, as well as broken glass and a bloody afghan. We're not going to speak to anything that's been found at this point uh, for the sake of the investigation. And there's a clear indication that the motive behind all of this was over $30,000 locked in a safe. The police have never officially said that. The family has confirmed that cash was taken. They they did take the safe from the upstairs apartment, which is where the money the, the family says that the, the cash was taken from. Uh, that's important to note that the, the cash was in the safe in the in the apartment where he stayed at night. Putting this all together, Bob's wife and kids believe Bob was surprised by an intruder, or more than one intruder, and then fought with him. So it told me there was a brutal fight in there. And I think my dad was just fighting for his life. But beyond that, they have no idea where he could have ended up. Oh my gosh. Horrifying, I mean, what was inside? Well, we did, because there, so, there was so much blood found inside, but I mean, we don't know how many people were in there because clearly it wasn't a one-man job. And then the next day, Bob's car is found in Old Forge. Probably half a mile away from the restaurant um, with a considerable amount of mud on the tires, um, sort of near a park. Um, so that park was, was searched extensively as well. Um, and the car was, was searched extensively. And there's more evidence of foul play. And then in the car, a piece of newspaper with Bob's blood on it, a napkin with blood on it, and then swabs from the, uh, it's all on the driver's side interior and exterior door is where they find the blood for him. Another search warrant indicates more blood was found inside the vehicle Barron was driving, which was found Sunday on Howard Street in Old Forge. For the next couple of weeks, there are there are active searches for Barron, either dead or alive, um, on the part of the police and the part of the community. As I mentioned, Old Forge is, was was a mining town, so it's um, there are still they're not active anymore, but there are still strip mines um, on on the outskirts of that town. So that was the first place that they. Um, the police focused on, and there were grid searches of those areas. And we saw troopers lined up several feet away from one another, slowly going through the woods. We also saw search dogs following behind the troopers. Just about a half hour ago, a state police helicopter also started searching this area. The DA tells us search teams are here and near Howard Street in the borough. These are places that police have already searched for Robert Barron, the pizza shop owner who has been missing for just over a week now. If you guys come across anything, please don't touch it. Notify my, myself. I, I have a couple marked units out. I have uh, officers in um, uniforms. So we'll come to wherever your location is. I think we all need to know what's going on here and that. And it's, I know it's affecting me and it's affecting a lot of my friends here too. And, it's bothers. A lot of days have gone by, no results, no information, and uh, just got to find them. The investigation itself stays local. State police are on hand to help out as needed. 
but the local Lackawanna district attorney, Shane Scanlon, heads up the investigation. I think every day we, we work harder, we get closer, we find something or talk to someone. You know, we, we need that one person that knows something to give us a call. And even just a few days into the search for Bob Barron, people are talking and rumors are rampant. There were a lot of rumors circulating that, uh, I mean, there are many rumors, uh, one of them being that maybe it wasn't Mr. Barron that was injured at the restaurant. There was never any fear that it was a random killer. I don't think that was ever the working theory. Um, but Old Forge, like I said, the rumors have been out of control. But one of the working theories is that he must have been tied in with the mob. And, and if you ever see Old Forge, you might understand a little bit why. It's it's a very Italian community. Um, it was very heavily mob control, especially when Cole was king and the... And the um, and the mines were still open, and the people who live there are very proud of their Italian heritage and kind of take pride in the mob heritage a little bit too. So that was the that was the first working theory that emerged: is that oh he you know he must have owed the mob money or something like that. Um, but it it was never thought that there was someone out just randomly killing people. Despite the evidence inside the restaurant, despite finding his car, there's no sign of Bob Barron. It's torture. I feel like someone is killing me, but just not finishing the job. I mean, two months feels like it's been two years. I have dreams about him every couple nights, and he's okay. No one heard him. We're hoping it's that. If somebody, but would somebody keep him hostage this long? Because he would never not pick up a phone if he had a phone to call us. He would never do that to his family. In the weeks that followed um, his disappearance. Every kind of rural area in and around Old Forge was very, very carefully searched from what I, from what I saw. Um, I mean, I, I think at one point there had to have been as many as 100 state troopers um, combing these areas. Um, one, of the, one of the main places where we spent the most of the time is... Um, up on top of a, a mountain, Old Forge is in a valley. So, so in the uh, mountain that that lined Old Forge, there is a pretty sizable power line, um, and it has a lot of road access. So that was one of the the theories is that it would have been really accessible in his car that had all that mud on the tires to be able to to get up there and find a place to to hide the body. So we spent a lot of time there. Spent a lot of time in the strip mines. Um, and while that was going on, there was also a community effort. I want to say for maybe about two weeks, um, there was all organized through Facebook. Um, there would be a different search party every day and people who either didn't have, have work that day or um, were able to make time available went out. And, you know, and they were mostly people from the Old Forge area who would know little secret places where you might be able to hide a body, for lack of a better phrase. Winter turns to spring, and then summer arrives. The family puts out a reward. Still no breaks, no news, no suspects. At least, officially. But Bob Barron's wife and kids have their own theory about what happened. There are, and and we're going back to Old Forge and, and how unique of a place it is. Um, it's very small. Everyone knows each other. And the rumors with this case have just been out of control. Um, but there's one um, particular rumor which the family believes um, and most of the community believes that involves two two individuals um, 
who are actually friends of, or were friends of Bobby Bear and the Sun, who they believe are are um, responsible for this. But they have never been named officially as suspects. And actually, both of these people are, are known criminals, so they're two people that I, as a reporter, constantly watch. So, so we've covered um, arrests that they've had since Bob went missing, um, just because, you know, they're, they're people of interest. To Bob's family, there are reasons why they think these two individuals could be involved. These two individuals um, were friends um, and associates of Bobby Barron um, and spent a lot of time in the restaurant and would have known things about how the restaurant has worked, how the restaurant worked specifically, where the cash was hidden at the end of the night um, that would have given them the motive to maybe break in. Um, And the family believes... um, that this was a botched robbery attempt. And that's something that we, we have reported because that's that's the police's number one theory is that um, they can't find a reason why someone would, would go in there specifically looking to harm Bob Barron. They think that, that he, they weren't expecting him to be there, but he was. And his family says he's the kind of guy who would have fought back if he had walked in on a burglary. Um, so that that's kind of the working theory that the police have, and that's the theory that the family holds, too. And the family says they were just the kind of people Bob Barron would help. But, but you'll hear the family say that they are drug addicts um, and down on their luck, and um, Bob was sympathetic to them. And, you know, especially in the winter, he would have them sit in the restaurant and they'd watch football all night long, which annoyed especially his daughters because they thought that that kept customers away from the restaurant to have kind of unsavory looking people sitting in the restaurant all night long. But Bob felt like if they were in the restaurant, he could keep an eye on them and then they were safe. So they were there a lot. If it's really the one person who was involved, my dad was so good to him. Yeah. So good to him. Took, gave him pizza every for week. For nothing, for nothing. Bought, bought him Yankee tickets. In the meantime, Bob's family worries that without an arrest, the mystery of the much-loved father and husband's disappearance could be lost forever. How long do the police and do the, the DA's office, how long do they expect us to wait, really? Because I feel like they're not doing everything they could at all. And the suspects are, are, are severe drug addicts. Are, are they even going to be around much longer? I mean, they might overdose. Which has kind of caused a rift in the fam- in the community as well, because these two individuals also come from families that have been in Old Forge for decades. So it's really divided a lot of families too. More than a year after Bob Barron goes missing, police return to the restaurant. Police were back at Robert Barron's restaurant, Gigerelli's, looking for clues as to where the missing man is. The police presence caught the eyes of many in Old Forge. I think it's sad, it's tragic that they can't find him, and I'm ho- hopefully very, very soon they find something, some kind of evidence, some kind of clues. Barron went missing in January of 2017. After his disappearance, police found evidence there was a struggle inside his restaurant. They say they found his blood blood and a tooth inside. They also searched near two other locations in Old Forge, including near the apartment of Barron's son, Robert Jr. Still no breaks, no leads, no suspects. You know, it shocks the conscience for a community like ours, um, where, you know, people just don't go missing in in this area. Um, and, and he, I think he's identifiable for a lot of people. He's a family man who owns a business and did honest work. Um, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So this is something that 
that our community and our viewership has always been very interested in. Um, the anniversary every year is, is marked in some way in Old Forge. This is not relatable. Like, the way I feel is I can't talk to anybody besides my own family who can relate to me about this. This isn't like, oh, yeah, you know, like, you know, my dad passed away of a natural cause, you know, which I would still be heartbroken and my life would be still be ruined, but I would be more accepting of it. More months pass than two years since Robert Barron vanished. Robert Barron went missing back in January of 2017. The family offering a $10,000 reward for any information leading them to Barron's whereabouts. I, I just find this very hard and difficult that this case has not been solved. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, I mean, it may be a repeat of saying the same thing, but I, I find it very bizarre. And as time has gone by, Bob's family's made it clear they're not happy with the investigation. They feel like the the early investigation of this should have been handled by the state police exclusively, um, but it wasn't. And they feel that it, it wasn't because we had an appointed DA at the time who was currently running to win the seat for DA in the next upcoming election. Um, and they felt like he didn't relinquish control of the investigation for political reasons. Um, that's their opinion. Um, who's to say whether or not that would have made a difference or even if that was the case. But the local DA's office continued to to um, to maintain that investigation. They are still the lead investigators on it. Bob's wife and kids don't hold back when it comes to how they feel about everything. It's almost three years, and these they, no, no, they're, they're not really helping us. Like, they're really not helping us. I feel like almost sometimes... They lie to us. They pacif They just pacify no, they us. They yeah, that's what I literally say. Li they've lied to us. Like, the one detective tells me, I try to call her to give her information. She goes, don't know who this is. I got a new number. I keep getting these texts saying, like, so, like someone else got this detective's phone number. I called her. It was her. She's lies and tells me it's not her. Yeah. Like, they lie to like, us. Why, they're horrible. What, you have what, no the, idea. Why do you have this title? If right. you're going to do something like this. And, like, why should we let you get away with it? Like, why can't, like, why can't we speak? I, I know we're trying to, we're trying to hold some stuff back to not, to not, this is already life ruining, so we're not trying to take anybody off either. Do you know what I'm saying? But I feel like they're already not helping us, really. You know, the amount of willpower it must take for an individual to be able to hold on to this secret if they have it. Um, must be incredible, you'd think. It's been almost three years and I still have not drove by. I avoid that part of Main Street still. Um, it's like I go to work every day down Loser Road, like I see my dad's picture, it's horrible. I miss dad's laugh too. He has the kind of laugh where no matter what, you, if you hear him laugh, you have to laugh too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the person you could go to for if you're yeah. in a bad mood, if you need a laugh, if you need like guidance as to what you're going to do and like anything. He always showed his unconditional love for us. Oh my god, yeah. One thing I have to say, yeah. He he adored his children. It's it's a who done it and it could you know, you know, the family of course hopes that this is solved sooner rather than later, but they have a pretty clear idea of what what they think happened. Um it's just been impossible to prove. Well, this, so this was a guy that, you know, this is a small town. Everyone knows everyone, and everyone knew this guy. I mean, he was one of the 
pizza shop owners in the small town. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. And everybody had, like, their favorite pizza or favorite restaurant, and they would try one or the other. But, you know, it's a restaurant that's been there for decades, and the fam- it's a family business, as you've heard from the kids. They've all worked there over the years. And, you know, one of the really poignant lines for me in the story was the daughter saying that she just hasn't driven down Main Street since her father disappeared. And you can understand that. But she doesn't even go near that part of town. Will, there's some minor details that are in this case that are really interesting when you start uh, kind of connecting them. The, f- the location of where his car was found, the fact that the exterior doors were locked and there was some evidence found inside of the kitchen. Uh, it does seem like someone must have kind of known his general morning routine. Right. And I will tell you that, you know, there there as you might expect, have been a lot of rumors about, you know, what was going on and it's a small town and people talk and all sorts of stuff is brought in. We talk about that a little bit in the episode, but you can only imagine, right? And so, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he had this very, like, regular routine of showing up to pick up the dough outside of the restaurant. One of the weird details that we hear about this week also is that, you know, money was stolen from the bank according to the family, but the police have not reported that. To, as far as we know, openly to the public. The family has said money was taken. It has been reported that a safe was taken, but the detail of how much money has not been openly discussed. So, you know, was it a botched robbery? Who knows? And Spencer, next week, you're going to be bringing us a story. Right, yeah, uh, a story um, that involves murder and fire and a frozen yogurt shop. All right, we'll be back next week with a new case and a new story. Jessica, where can people learn more about Vault Studios? We are on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can join our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault, and have a discussion with us. And Spencer, I'm just going to say you can like, rate, and review on wherever you're listening to this podcast, right? Could not have said it better and more simple than that myself. All right. Thanks for bringing us the story this week. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.